listening to Give God 90, where we're not afraid of the tough biblical questions, because we will dig through the language, the culture, and the history to find the truth revealed in the words of our Creator. Hello, everyone. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. I am sitting here with someone looking very confused at the moment for some reason. Good morning, everyone. Um... (laughs) not sure what that look was for, <laughs> but we are certainly glad that uh, you chose to spend some time with us. Um, yes, we are. <laughs> if you haven't been to uh, Give God an Eye Lady lately, you might want to do that. If you're new, we welcome you. Hopefully you'll learn something. Uh, I, I did try to find something... Uh, What's the word I want to use? Non-controversial? Not, not really non-controversial, but you'll see. You'll see how this goes. <laughs> Don't forget the books are available. Uh, you know, it's getting to be that time of year. Books make great gifts for various occasions. <clears throat> uh, I'll be glad when I don't have to do like the Israel update when all this mess is over because the, the propaganda war is continuing. Um, and if you've been paying attention and you look around the world at the various uh, protests, pro-Israel and anti-Hamas and anti-Israel and pro-Hamas, look at which ones are the most peaceful. Now, I did see a clip this morning that they showed a what started as a fairly peaceful Palestinian, pro-Palestinian protest. But what they didn't show you was the rest of the story. So just, you know, when you see these things and you notice these things, look and see which ones are the most peaceful. Okay, it's just worthwhile noting that. Onward and upward. I tried. I really tried. I did. It seems like these days, whenever you look at something in the Bible, even if you pick something out that's going to help you in the way you think about the Bible, all of a sudden something comes across the news that just messes it up. <laughs> and we've talked uh, at great length about the uh, evolution and the way the use of language has changed over the centuries. I was reading something the other day, and I've read this I don't know how many times. And all of a sudden, it hit me. It made me stop. It made me think, what's going on? And I hope that it causes you to do the same thing. Um. Meyer's going to read two passages. And I want you to listen very carefully to these two passages because when we miss the importance of this, we miss the importance of how different we are than the animals. And the man said, Now this is someone whose bones came from my bones. Her body came from my body. I will call her woman because she was taken out of man. 
So a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two people shall become one body. Genesis two twenty three and 24. So Noah went out with his sons, his wife, his son's wives, every animal, everything that crawls on the earth, and every bird that went out of the boat. They left by families. Genesis eight, eighteen and 19. Did you catch the difference? Did you notice it? In the Genesis 2 passage, the two became one body. They were united in what we say in English today is a family. But that word uh, isn't used in Genesis 2. They became one. Genesis 8, Noah goes out with his sons and his wife and his son's wives. But no mention of the word family there until later. Now, believe it or not, the International Children's Bible is actually far more accurate than the King James or most other English translations in this respect. Why is it important? And it took me a little bit of thought to figure this out. Yes, I'll admit it didn't come to me right away. (laughs) I had to think about it. Mankind is made in the image of our creator. Moses describes our creator as one. Now, here is a very important verse, and it's probably the very first verse that most Jewish children learn. Uh, And it should be the very first verse that most believers learn. Go ahead and read that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Literally, this verse means, listen, Israel. Jehovah our God, Jehovah is one. Meaning he is the only one. Now, I know a lot of Christians choose to think that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are united with Jehovah, and that comes from some very poor English translations and some very poor theology as well. And if you read Inheriting Lies, my last book, by the way, <clears throat> I go into great detail about that. The reality is our Creator, the one who spoke and created, the one who was before anything else, is unlike any other. He is unlike anything that he created because there was nothing created before he spoke. We, as mankind, are made in his image. We're unlike any other created being. So when a man and a woman become bound by the covenant of marriage, they become one, one in spirit, one in flesh. They are bound together, not like being wrapped in duct tape or anything like that, but joined by a bond that is stronger than the strongest chain. The only thing that can break that bond is either death or one of the two violating their covenant which brings death, pretty much. The animals in Genesis 8 
are described as having families. They came out in or with their family. In English, we have a saying that blood is, is thicker than water. And, and that comes from the concept that the family is the central uh, unit that unites people. But the Bible would teach us it's not quite like that. <clears throat> the Bible teaches us when a man and a woman join together in, mar- in marriage, they become one. Now, the man and woman become a unique one, <laughs> set apart, different. They make up the only two that they can be. Does that, am I saying that right? In other words, no other couple on the entire planet are them. They, they, they are unique. They are one. If they are fortunate and have children, that unique uh, unit, that unique one, is also unlike any other. Because even though kids are kids, and they often act the same, they are not. They are unique to that one unit that is different than any other, just like our Creator is different than anything that He ever created. <clears throat> now, in today's world, things get kind of muddled together a little bit, don't they? They get mixed up, confused, convoluted, kind of like mixing ingredients in a bowl for supper. So when Myra and I were married, she had two children from a previous marriage. And we actually went to great length uh, to make sure that they remembered uh, their real father and his relatives. And at the same time, we needed to find a way to reinforce the concept that even though I wasn't the biological father, I chose to accept them and raise them and teach them as I would my own children. Uh, yeah, I made mistakes. <laughs> I'll admit to that. Everybody does, uh, even with their own children. The difference is when their father remarried, and here's where our situation, I think, is probably unique because I've not seen this anywhere else um his wife's children from a previous marriage became part of our one also as did (laughs) ours became part of hers yes yes now our situation uh is quite unique because those children are now grown some have children of their own (laughs) Um, and the, the Myers children's step siblings are still, they remain part of the one, (laughs) our one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and I don't know, um, any other family that has experienced that. And I think, yeah, I'm certainly not bragging about this because it, even though that was kind of the the 
outcome we were looking for. I don't know how we did it other than we didn't put ourselves first. We put the needs of the children and what would be best for them, you know, and and we separated that from all of the other adult garbage that might have been going on at the time. It, and it, it, it is kind of hard to explain <laughs> because not everybody, you know, they, they look at us and they're like, well, you're, you know, because sometimes Myra would go places with her ex-husband's now wife and, and they would do things. Right. We would take the girls out and we'd do lunch and yeah. people were like, uh, you two are exes to, or one's an ex and one's married to the same. Yeah. Nobody understands. And, and, nobody. And, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's really hard to explain that, but somehow with the guidance of the Almighty, we found a, a way to encompass the confusion. Um, and in that, the, the children, all the children, still have a lot of love and respect for all of us, which is... You know, could there be a better outcome? Um, you know, they 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 remembered all of that, and even today, you know, a lot of of stepchildren don't get along. Ours do. I don't know why. They just do. <laughs> Somebody needs a ride to the airport. They're there for them. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to. Uh, go somewhere or do something, you know, stop by and feed the cat. It, it happens. <laughs> now, there's not many human families that I am aware of that have that same outcome. And I don't know any animal families that demonstrate that. I haven't seen one yet. So... Why is it important that mankind look at itself different? We're not animals. We are made in the image of the Creator. We're different because we are given the breath of God, the ability to communicate on a much different level, the ability to, the ability to demonstrate uh, concern and love, the same love that the Creator has for us, and sadly, what we see in the world today is not the love from the Creator, but we see the hatred that is displayed around the world. We see wars and rumors of war. We see the carnage and the aftermath of hate. Uh, American television show protests in favor of Hamas have people carrying foreign flags while attacking our White House and other places of public transportation. Think about that, Americans. We see those who choose to hate desecrating places of worship around the world. What we are witness to is people giving themselves over to animal instincts. They react without thought. But we are supposed to be different than the animals. We're designed to be different than the animals. We are made in the image of our Creator. We are made as one. And even though when two people become one, it doesn't mean that 
<laughs> it, it doesn't mean they look alike, act alike, think alike. That's not going to happen. But it is the way that they bring the individuals together in that relationship that creates a single unit. Unlike any other. Just like our Creator is unlike any other. When we reduce it to nothing more than a family, even though in today's English we think of the family as a central unit, family was originally intended to be specific to animals. One, the concept of one unit, the concept of people coming together, bound so tightly together, they become one. That concept is reserved for mankind. You know, we've been trained, right? We've been trained to accept the evolution of language. We've been trained to act the way we act. <clears throat> the world expects us to be this way because the world has rejected the Creator. Now, Yeshua Jesus is recorded as making a statement in John 10.30. He says that the Father and I are one. Now, a lot of Christians are going to say, oh, that's proof that, that Jesus is God. That's what he's saying. But what is he really saying? Now that you understand the concept of one, I hope, let's, let's read that passage and see what he has to say. I already told you, Jesus replied, but you did not believe. The works I do my fathers, in my Father's name testify on my behalf. But because you are not my sheep, you refuse to believe. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. John chapter 10 Verses 25 through 30. Did you hear the words? Like Myra says, you got to read the words. The works I do in my Father's name, my Father and I are one. He isn't saying that he's God. He's saying that uh, they're related. He's giving glory to the Father, the Creator. And he's telling the people... And he's doing this at Hanukkah, by the way. He's telling them they don't believe the sacred words of the Creator. And that's why they want to kill him right there. He's teaching the, the ones that are given to him are given to him so that he can teach them how to have eternal life in the presence of the Creator. There are some present there who didn't believe the words of the creator there are some who are present today who reject the words of the creator when a man and a woman become married they become one but they remain two separate people two different people bound by a covenant stronger than the strongest chain not a family but a one ness <laughs> A oneness. That, yeah, that okay, that's a word now. 
<laughs> they're they're bound together on a plane that we can not imagine anymore because we've we've just been so far removed from it. They're bound together until death or until one of them breaks the covenant that binds them together. We're not designed to be like the animals. We're not designed to to act like animal families. We're designed to be one. One in the image of our Creator and one together with our Creator. That's what Yeshua Jesus was getting at. The Father and I are one. We are in this relationship. We're bound together. I'm trying to think like he does. I'm trying to act like he would have me act. I'm trying to live the way I'm designed to live. And he's allowing me to teach others to do the same. That's what he's saying in that passage. Not separated, not divided, but one. United in obedience and united in love. One in Hebrew is the word echad. Singular. There can be no other. You you can't have uh, a plural one. <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't work in English either, and and in fact, it's hard to say. We need to remember we are different. We need to stop acting like animals. And here's where the news article came in this week. And when I ran across this article, I said, that's just disgusting. And the more I read of it, the more disgusted I got. Um, I'm not going to quote it. I'm just going to kind of tell you about it. And I'm going to name this fellow. He is an Ivy League professor. His name is Peter Singer. He's written a, a couple of books. And he claims that uh, what he calls zoophilia is thought-provoking. Now, if you don't know what zoophilia is, um, we used to call it bestiality. It's basically intercourse with animals. Now, if you're wondering how he could say this is thought-provoking, you need to think about that statement. The only way he could make that statement is if he experienced it. So there is a professor in an Ivy League school who is basically admitting uh, bestiality. You know, you wonder why your your college students are so messed up today? Because this is the kind of people that are teaching them. If you live in the United States, if you send your kids to school, you need to know who their teachers are. And you need to, you know, teachers are supposed to not teach this stuff. But when you write a book about it, and you brag about it, 
and you're famous for it, are they are they not going to teach it? Of course they're going to teach it. We're designed to be different. Not like them. You know, I know a lot of of animal rights folks. And we used to get into some very interesting t- discussions because I believe in animal management, animal welfare. They take it a step farther and say animals have rights. Animals, in my opinion, don't have rights. We have a responsibility to care for the ones under our care, manage the animals that are in the wild appropriately and properly so that they can benefit. But we're not supposed to be doing what uh, Peter Singer does with them. That's not animal rights. My opinion, that's abuse. And hopefully, you'll think about that and it will become your opinion as well. I hate to leave you on that rather disgusting note, (laughs) but I want you to think about it. Are you sending your children to a place where they're going to become educated to think like Peter Singer? I hope not. I hope you're more involved. I hope you care enough about your one not to let that happen. So, until Thursday. Until Thursday. We wish you many, many blessings, everyone. Yes.